Welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. Got a busy show for you guys today. We'll first talk about the national championship won by women's hockey this past weekend. A fun, exciting nail-biter of a game with a crazy game-winning goal in overtime to seal the Badgers national championship back-to-back. Sixth national championship in Wisconsin women's hockey's history, so uh, really impressive run that they're on. We'll talk about that. Then we'll get into the basketball talk. There's been a plenty to talk about. Of course, we'll recap the game with Baylor. Just not enough for the Badgers to hang around and win that one. Gave it a good effort in the second half, but didn't have enough to pull off the upset. And then we'll kind of talk about a little bit of you know basketball offseason. Um, it's that time. There's some teams still playing, but unfortunately for Wisconsin, they're not because there's already been some announcement on some guys that are not planning on returning. So we'll kind of touch on all that. And then, of course, down the road here, we'll get more into you know the future look ahead of the Wisconsin basketball team that way. Then at the end of the show, we've got an interview with Isaac Townsend, the newest Wisconsin Badger football player. He's coming over to the Badgers from the Oregon Ducks uh, via the transfer portal. So we had him on, kind of talk about the strengths of his game, what he expects to do in Madison in terms of position, football player um, that way, what he's planning on studying the whole nine yards. So funny to get to on a fun, full show of Bucky's fifth podcast. Matt, how are you today? Doing great, yeah. I think this is an action-packed episode that I think people really like. I thought the the interview with Isaac was a lot of fun, so hopefully you'll enjoy that. He really dives into his future position, talking about uh, his game. His he breaks down his actual size right now, which if you look at across the internet, it it varies by the site you're looking at. So I, I think it was a great interview, and I'm also just excited to uh, talk a little bit of basketball and and get us ready for uh, another off season of basketball and and almost jumping into football here, too. I know. It's it's crazy. You know, basketball is, is kind of just ended, and it feels like football is getting ready to start back up again with spring practice next week. So it uh, should be a lot of fun to kind of start diving into that and transition us well here in the future on the podcast. Before we get into basketball and football, though, let's talk about that national championship game. 2-1 overtime thriller uh, for Wisconsin women's hockey come out. Uh, and really just the goal was – I, I kind of was surprised that that game-winning goal even went in, bounced off out of the defender to win the national championship. Can't really write a, a more perfect storyline than what you saw from the Badgers. So what did you make of that that exciting and thrilling national championship victory? Yeah, I mean, it, you look at it, and, and there wasn't a whole lot of action until the third period, and then and then you you saw McKenna Webster put that goal in, and, and I know at least um, I was excited. I thought that was probably going to be the defining moment because – you look at the timeline, there wasn't a whole lot of time still left down there. And, and then all of a sudden, immediately, um, Northeastern responded, and it was kind of like, whoosh, uh, and all the momentum fell apart. But I, I thought it was definitely fitting that uh, Daryl Watts ended up with the, the game-winning goal. Obviously, he had a tremendous season this year and uh, just just threw it on in front of the net and and got a little sloppy goal, which you can take, and that's how you win a, a national title, and sometimes that's just how it works in hockey. And um, 
I, I thought it was an exciting game, especially that overtime and third period. And overall, you just have to be so impressed with what this women's hockey program is and everything. At this point, Wisconsin's a hockey school, it appears. At least in, in 2020, 2021, it appears they're a hockey school, given the success of both the women's hockey team and the men's hockey team, who's going to be jumping out into the tournament play here soon as well. Yeah, it was really a thrilling game um, up at, at the end. The, the first few periods, you were kind of just sitting on pins and needles, waiting and waiting for that action um, to, to kind of take off. And it all kind of happened pretty quickly in that third period and then into overtime. So it's a brutal way to lose. Um, you know, you know, off, basically not really an own goal, but off the defender into the net. Um, you work so hard to, to lose it kind of that way. But sometimes that's, that's the game of hockey. Little bounces here and there can, can make a big difference. So Definitely a thriller, and I'm glad the Badgers ended up on the right side of it. But, yeah, they, they played extremely well all year. And I think in terms of the teams in women's hockey, those were the best two teams you know, coming into the tournament, coming into that game. So you knew that it was going to be a fun matchup, and uh, the Badgers were able to squeak it out. So props to them. I know they've had a lot of fun. I've seen some pictures of them you know, celebrating around Madison, taking the trophy around. So it's, it's great to see, and uh, the, they deserve it. They're, they're, a, they're a powerhouse of a program. You talk about national titles, six now back-to-back is, is really impressive. Oh, for sure. And really, you, you look at it, and I was really, outside of that third period, I was most excited and impressed by the penalty, penalty kill in the second period. You look at it, there was three three two-minute minors against the Badgers there that that made that period just really dicey for the Wisconsin, and and they they were able to kill each of them, move on, and, and kind of stay alive, get to the third period, put that goal in, and, and that kind of snowballed and led them all the way to the end. So I think everything that this team is and everything that they did well all year long, they were able to, to keep that going into the biggest game of the season, and, and really they have every right to, to be – Super excited, not only for what they did this year, but for the future as well. Yeah, that's a, it's a powerhouse program that they've got there. They've you know, played really well year in and year out, and uh, it was a lot of fun to, to watch them all year long. And, and I'm sure we'll be talking about the same conversation come next year. They're going to be a program that's always in the thick of things um, when it comes to national championships that way. And for the men, like you mentioned, uh, you know, Bridgeport Regional, uh, March 26th and 27th, uh, they will be in action as the one seed against Bemidji State, so make sure to check them out as they start their run, hopefully um, with similar fashion to the women. If we could uh, you know, lock down a, a men's national championship and a women's national champion, it would, it would kind of prove that Wisconsin's a hockey school, uh, but we're not quite there yet other than you know the powerhouse of the women, so we'll see how the men finish up. I know they've been a lot of excitement, uh, very exciting to watch all year long as well, so all right, I think that wraps up the hockey talk, but we'll get into some basketball now. It was a wild, wild weekend of March Madness. It, it felt like when you're watching that Friday to Monday, the amount of basketball that I think a lot of people enjoyed and, and took in was, was really rewarding after, after almost two years off from the tournament, unfortunately for Wisconsin. Didn't quite have enough in that second game. Played really well in that North Carolina game. Came out in that Baylor game, just didn't seem to, to have enough in terms of playmaking, making shots. They played all right in that second half to try and bring them back, but it seemed like whenever Wisconsin pulled within you know eight, nine, it seemed like Baylor just hit a bigger shot. They were the better team, and uh, I think they proved that. So what did you make of, of the contest overall for the Badgers? 
You look at it, they played dead even in the second half. Mm-hmm. They both they both scored 34. They, the Badgers had nice runs there. They did some nice things. You mentioned that they, they chipped away. They got it down to seven. They got it down to seven. They got it down to eight. And then all of a sudden, every time Baylor just had an answer, spe- specifically the play of Matthew Mayer, he, he consistently came out and was making shots and just back-breaking th- uh, shots for, for his team. But – I think you look at it, you look at the box score, and, and you have to circle turnovers. And that, that was the game. That's what lost them the game in the first half, 100%. They they had 14 turnovers. A team that didn't really turn the ball over that often all season long came out and laid an egg, didn't take care of the basketball. Specifically, you look at um, Dimitri Trice, four turnovers. That's super uncharacteristic for him. Um, Brad Davison, three turnovers. Jonathan Davis, three turnovers. Michael Potter, two. And, and so you had some of your best players and who usually are so um, great with the ball in their hands kind of relinquished to the pressure that Baylor's defense had. And, and Baylor took advantage. They had 16 points off turnovers compared to Wisconsin's only two points off of four turnovers for Baylor. And, and that's your game. In a 13-point game, when you lose – by that that margin, and you're giving 16 points to the opponents because a lot of those were just breakaway layups, easy buckets. That's how you lose a game, and that's really, I think, what it came down to in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, the the turnovers, like you said, were the the big part of it. At one point, you know, I I remember seeing on the screen that the there were I think there was 12 points off turnover at the time, and that was Baylor's lead. And I noticed that a couple times with the points off turnovers was literally the only difference in the score that way and uh, in, in college basketball you got to take care of the basketball and if you're not going to you've got to make sure you're forcing turnover yourself and, and trying to take advantage of it so that was really the the big takeaway was like you said Wisconsin played even in that second half they just dug themselves too big of a hole in that first half and and Wisconsin isn't a team that was built to to suffer those and, and make a furious comeback they can make some shots and string them together but sometimes you just dig yourself too deep and you're trying to crawl out of it, but you just couldn't. And, and credit to Baylor, it wasn't just Wisconsin, you know, throwing the ball away. They were playing solid defense, probably one of their better defensive efforts they've had since they came off their COVID pause. And then, yeah, Matthew Mayer, just, he's going to add him to the list of guys that just haunt Wisconsin basketball in terms of, of their shot-making abilities. He seemed to have an answer every time they came down. Davion Mitchell was excellent as well. So Wisconsin, they, they didn't do enough. They... they hurt themselves a little bit, but also Baylor was just a really talented team. The Badgers hung with them as best they could, but at the end of the day, that team is, is deep, they're strong, and they did enough to win, and you kind of just have to tip your caps to the team. That, you know, they're one seed for a reason, and Wisconsin ran into it and, and found out why. Yeah, oh, for sure. It, they, they proved why they are one of the better teams in the tournament and that they earned the one seed regardless of their COVID issues that they had in the middle of the season. Their guard play has been phenomenal all season long. They have so many different weapons that they can turn to. And their guard play also completely um, did a better job than Wisconsin's. I thought Demetrius Trice and Brad Davison struggled. You look at it, they were 8 of 28 combined for the game, and we've talked a lot about how Wisconsin's guards, as they go, the team goes. And in this one, they did not have the game that they, the Badgers needed, and a lot of that was because of the stellar defense that, and pressure defense that Baylor plays. But those guys, 8 of 28, seven combined turnovers, that's, that's not good enough when, when you're the two backcourt, main, two of the main scorers for a team. I thought Nate Reavers, 
played maybe his best game of the entire season. Um, and he was plus four, and he was the only guy who was plus four on the year. Um, but you saw Greg Gard made some nice dis- decisions to, to make adjustments at halftime, and he went with the two bigs. But then um, Drew for Baylor had, had something in his back pocket, and he just brought out four guards and was like, fine, we're just going to – a boat race you and run past you. So it was it was a, a good coaching game and chess game, but in the end, Wisconsin just didn't have some of the weapons at guards to, to play with what Baylor had, and I think that's um, part of the reason you saw the turnover issues, but also part of the reason that you just saw them be able to make plays and Wisconsin getting to the end of the shot clock and not being able to hit those shots. Yeah, I mean, you talk about the the performance from Trice and Davison. I mean, you look at the the first game compared to the second one. You know, just combined for for 50 points in that opener, you you needed some sort of performance similar to that, and you just didn't get it from your your two guards, especially when you're going against guards um, that Baylor has. You know, we talked about Mitchell, Jared Butler. They've got so many talented players at that position that if Trice and Davison didn't have big performances like they had um, the opening you know night Friday night against North Carolina. You knew the Badgers were going to be in trouble, and and they did have an off night. They struggled, and, and Wisconsin still, you know, I, I credit the guys. They they fought in that second half. You know, like we said a couple times now, they they had it even. But you need good guard play in in March to win games in advance. You'll see that time and time again, time and time again throughout games uh, in March Madness. That generally a lot of the times the really strong guards can win you a game, especially if you don't have your, your best effort from everyone else. They, you know, Baylor's got guys that can go out there and win you a game when you're not playing super well. So it was an interesting matchup from a lot of different ways. But, yeah, the, the turnovers and then and then those two just not having the production that they needed was, was really ultimately what kind of did the Badgers in at the end. Yeah, for sure. I mean, those two combined – to shoot 60% and drop 50 points against North Carolina. And North Carolina doesn't have the guards that Baylor does. But to then turn around in a few days later, score combined for 20 points on 28% shooting, that is such a huge momentous swing that you can't help but pinpoint that as one of the primary reasons for for what happened, especially when you add in the fact that they had seven turnovers. Um, And and both of them have had phenomenal careers, and I know we're going to talk about what's going on with with guys choosing to stay and come back and whatnot later in this game. But Baylor took advantage of fast break, nine fast break points off of those turnovers, and, and did some nice things. Wisconsin did okay in the paint for most of this game. They they out rebounded Baylor and and did some nice things. But in the end, if if you are allowing easy buckets, uh, coughing the ball up and giving Baylor extra opportunities, it's going to haunt you, and that's eventually what happened to them. Yeah, and I like you mentioned that because we've talked a little bit about Nate Reavers, his strong game. At one point, you were looking at at the bench, going, "When is when is Nate Reavers going to be back in the game?" You know, they need him back in the game, and throughout the season, you probably didn't say that very often that the that the Badgers needed Nate in there. So credit to him. I know he's he's had a struggle kind of all season long, so it was good to see him play well in his final game. You know, I thought Potter played pretty well. I thought the bigs for Wisconsin, yeah, like you mentioned, were. Last episode, we kind of talked about it. It seemed like Wisconsin had the advantage in the front court, and and I think at times they did. They played really well. It just you didn't have enough in the back court. You made too many mistakes, and and ultimately it wasn't enough to get it done. So it was nice to see the bigs have a good game to kind of keep them in it. Um, but but Baylor once again, like you said, they they went to when Wisconsin went to that big lineup. You know Baylor went to the small lineup with Mayer, and and he just made shot after shot after shot. So. 
it was just a, a culmination of things. There's a lot of things that you could add in to, to be the difference in the game, but those few things are, are probably the biggest factors, and unfortunately for the batters, they, they do not move on and uh, head home while Baylor advances to the Sweet 16. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, and this team is had a really good career. Those seniors, the seven seniors, they won a Big Ten title a, a year ago in the regular season. I, you look at the struggles of the Big Ten, it seems like they were fairly fairly paper tigers at this point outside of Michigan, but um, it, it just goes to show that Wisconsin, once again, played a really good team that is, is probably a notch ahead of them in a lot of ways, and the outcome was, hey, 13 points, and Wisconsin had every chance in this game, but it, it, it is what it is at this point. Yep, so the Badgers, they will end their season and head on home. I guess have Baylor on to the Sweet 16. They'll take on Villanova, uh, the five seed, at 415 on CBS. Like you mentioned, Michigan, the only Big Ten team still standing. Kind of a rough weekend for the, the conference overall. Of course, losing Illinois to Loyola, Chicago, Iowa to Oregon. So the, uh, the, the eggs of the Big Ten all lie in Michigan's basket that way. But uh, unfortunately for the Badgers, that wraps up their season. Really an up and down year. And like I said in the beginning of the show, we'll of course kind of get into off season stuff to take a look at future rotation. But I think the the main focus for right now is this group of seniors. A strong group, won a lot of games, played a lot of basketball, won a Big Ten title, um, brought a lot of excitement to the game. I know this year there were times where you really were frustrated, had to grind your teeth, kind of scratch your head with the group with uh, you know the lack of progression from last year. Um, but still a group that, that did a lot for Wisconsin basketball, won a lot of games, played really well. So what do you make of this group as a whole? Um, and, and with their, of course, ultimately, I know some of them were still waiting on a decision. Um, for the bulk of them are moving on to uh, future endeavors. Yeah, I, I think they're always going to have a special place in Wisconsin. You look at it, they are one of only four teams to win a Big Ten title in the past 20 years. I mean, that's 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 a lot. That's a really – uh, great achievement. You, you've seen some teams that were probably even better, more talented than this group not be able to to reach that milestone. So you look at it, great team. Uh, you mentioned Dimitri Christ has is already kind of at least if you're looking into the the wording on Instagram posts, he said goodbye. I, I would anticipate at this point, redshirt senior probably off to uh, other endeavors. Aleem Ford, same thing. Uh, he he made it seem like maybe he even would transfer somebody. I don't I don't know about that because the wording was was kind of shifty. Um, and then the other guy was was um, Nate Reavers, who have come out and said you know moving on. And, and now we're just kind of waiting on some some of the other guys to to make a determination publicly about what they're doing. Uh, I know Trevor Anderson's mold about coming back. Micah Potter is probably coming not coming back. He he is. Uh, hinted that he's probably done, but at the same time that hasn't come out publicly. Brad Davison had used the, the present tense and about talking about being a Badger, so that was interesting, and, and people are wordsmithing it. And then Alondo Tucker posted something about thanking Davison as an alumni, so there's where everybody's looking into all this stuff way too much, and we'll, we'll see when these guys want to let us know. But as of right now, we'll, I doubt very many of these seniors come back um, unless it is like a guy like Trevor Anderson. Yeah, and, and this group, really, like I said, you, they did a lot. They they won a lot of games, and, and I'm excited to see what they do in the future. I know in terms of NBA prospects, maybe you don't have 
uh, a lot of that. But some of these guys can play basketball somewhere, maybe overseas. You get into that. You know, guys can have strong careers playing elsewhere. We've seen guys like Sam Decker do that. Um, so hopefully this group uh, lands whatever their future endeavor is. Of course, you wish them the best. They were a lot of fun to watch. Um, you know, at times I know, like I said, you, you kind of left your scratch in your head, but at other times they're really entertaining. I mean that that late game, um, you know, that late season run last year you know, was really strong from this group. It does suck that I know it, it's kind of a what could have been. They were playing so well and were so hot going into that tournament to, to see it end in this tournament in the way that it did is, is tough, but that's just kind of the world we live in. So this group did a lot, and I think they'll be a fun group to kind of see where they go, uh, the future parts of their life, because all of them, you know, I know basketball you can get into it, and some of them, some of them didn't play well, but they all seemed like very much class acts off the court, you know, guys that represented the university the right way. We're really hard student athletes. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it, and I'm sure even more so this year. You had a pandemic. You were pretty much, you know, isolated to yourself. That has to take a toll on a lot of these players. So I know everyone's dealing with it, and there's other teams playing basketball still, but I give credit to, to anyone who's endured through this entire season. I mean, basketball season's a long season already um, with COVID, so these guys are probably not happy to be done, but at least they get to, you know, breathe uh, some fresh air and, and get to – move on to the off season and look back on, on very strong careers from all of them. Well, and, and just like hug a parent, right? Like yeah. the, the stuff that they've had to miss out on for, for so long. And I know a lot of people across the country and across the world have had to do that because of COVID implications, but that's a, that's a very real thing that because of the bubble lifestyle that they've had to live in for, for so long now that, it, it, it drains on you, I would imagine. I know it drains on all of us when when we've been in lockdown. Um, so a bunch of really great guys, really funny, interesting guys to talk to. Um, another person that I, I didn't mention earlier, Walt McGrory, is, entered the transfer portal, which I think good for him, walk-on kid, got his degree, is going to be able to, to go on, maybe see if he can earn a scholarship somewhere at a, at a lower-tier school and get some playing time. So uh overall we'll we'll see how everything looks next year and I know we're going to talk about that in a later episode when maybe we have a a little bit more dust settled here yeah we, there's still I I think some names and some things that we're waiting on in terms of getting into the off season stuff so for right now we'll, we'll kind of leave it as it and, and get into that I know you mentioned a, you wrote up a piece on, on a potential rotation order we'll kind of touch on that uh on later episodes to get into a full uh, Wisconsin basketball offseason because I think there's a lot of interesting storylines depending on which guys come back on on who's going to be part of the rotation and when you have this many seniors leaving if if they all end up do you know of taking off and going on to future endeavors all of a sudden you're a very young team and as, as great as some of these guys were and fun to watch I'm, I'm excited to kind of see a breath of fresh air brought into this team and, and see some new guys and some new faces that will be kind of the next crop of players that that we'll talk about. You know, you talk about some of those seasons. You always kind of had, when you're looking at years past, a transition. You know, you had the Kaminsky, the Decker, then you had the half era, guys like that. And then it kind of worked into this group. Well, all of a sudden now that group is done, and, and it's a really young and interesting team where, yeah, there might be some growing pains next year, but you're going to see a lot of big minutes from not necessarily new faces. I mean, you think of some of the guys that they've had and, and in playing but uh, it should be an interesting storyline to watch for the Badgers as they work into this offseason and, and who really steps up and, and takes some of those spots down the road. For sure, and, and I think one one specific spot that you can look at is the guard play and the, the, the talent and 
ability to slash for some of the players coming in is going to be very different than what we've seen the past few seasons. So I think instead of primarily having jump shooters, you're going to have some guys who can hit from outside, but then can also get to the rack a little bit more. And and I think that could bring a different brand of basketball than we've seen the, really the past four years or so because we we had the the Ethan and a half um, and 2018 really and 2019 and now we look at kind of the last two seasons we've had more of a jump shooting team that can't get to the rim there's there's talent coming in in the next year or two that that have shown the ability to differentiate themselves a bit from what we've seen the past five years which I think at least personally as a as a, a watcher of the Badgers I'm excited about that because that's something that has not been there and has been lacking at times uh, these past few seasons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I mentioned, kind of kind of a fresh breath of fresh air where there might be some growing pains, but you're going to see maybe a new style of basketball. You're going to see some new faces that way, which is always uh, fun to see for a program. That's the beauty of college sports. You know, you're not seeing the same players every year like you do in professional sports year in and year out. You get to see some of these new faces, see how the cultures kind of adapt and how the gameplay kind of adapts that way. So it should be an interesting off season as we work into next year, and, uh, and, and yeah, I'm excited to see what this group, new group can do um, as they kind of take the reins from, from the old guard that way. But who knows, maybe a couple of them could be back to, to kind of have a mix. We'll, of course, wait and see and touch on that a little bit in the future. Anything else you want to hit on basketball-wise? Otherwise, we can kind of get into our interview with Isaac. No, I think that that does it for now, and I, I just hope people like the interview with Isaac, and we've got some more fun stuff coming up in the next few episodes. Yeah, make sure to listen in and check that guys that out. We've got uh, some fun things in the works, I think. We'll continue to hit on these interviews. And like I said, spring football is now just around the corner starting up next week. So plenty to get to um, on, on future episodes of the podcast. So guys, stick with us through a couple quick ad reads, and then we'll get into our interview with Isaac. All right, Badger fans, we now welcome on a very special guest, the newest Wisconsin football player, Isaac Townsend, formerly with the Oregon Ducks, has decided to transfer over to the Wisconsin Badgers, so we wanted to have him on, allow you guys to kind of get to know him, talk about his recruitment over to the Badgers, talk about uh, some coaches, the the usual interviews that we do with uh, the new players, recruits, and and things like that. So Isaac, thanks uh, for joining the show. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm uh, I'm honored to be on the show. How are you guys doing? I'm great. It's it's great to have you on, and, and welcome to the Wisconsin Badger family. Um to start our interviews, we always like to kind of give you guys a softball, start something easy. So we want to talk about just your game in general. What do you feel like are some of the strengths of your game at the defensive end position? Um, well, I'm a lengthy person. I'm lean. Uh, I think I'm fast at the defensive position, and I'm physical. Those definitely come uh, come into play when you're playing at, at, at any of the edge spots. Um What's on the flip side? What's something that you've really um, tried to work on since getting to the college level? Um, well, I've been really working hard at developing my football IQ and just getting stronger, putting on uh, some muscle, and um, you know, pass, uh, working on my bend and for pass rush and hands and you know all that stuff. Can never uh, work on something too much, you know. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's interesting for you because when we have interviews like this, a lot of the times it's high school recruits. But you, of course, are coming over via the transfer portal, start out at Oregon, decide to enter that. How was your transfer 
transfer portal recruitment kind of compared to your high school recruitment? Was it different, similar, or what was that kind of like? Well, it was different just because, you know, I kind of had a different outlook, you know, coming out of high school. I didn't know how college football would be because I never experienced it. But, uh, you know, having two years under my belt now at a program like Oregon, I kind of knew what I was – I had a better idea of what I was looking for. And, you know, so that helped me make a – you know, make my decision and come into Wisconsin. So, yeah, I mean, and you you look at kind of your recruitment in high school, and you were you were very highly sought after recruit. In terms of now looking through the transfer portal, what other schools were you kind of hearing from or looking at? Um, I mean, I had well, Wisconsin, and then uh, Penn State came in late, and Iowa State, SMU down in Dallas. Um, San Diego State and UNLV, and then there are a couple others in there. So a whole host of schools then. So so timeline-wise, are you still fil- finishing up spring classes in Oregon, or, or what are you up to now, and, and when should fans expect to, to see you on campus in Madison? Uh, I finished Oregon's a quarter school, so I finished my winter term with them last week, and um, now I just kind of got a break from school. It's kind of an awkward transition period. I'm here. Uh, in Colorado right now, and I'm just kind of working out and getting ready for uh, Madison, which I should be up there in May. Okay, so yeah, a little bit of layover to, to continue working on those things that you specifically called out earlier. Um, in terms of recruitment, you're, you're kind of listed on Twitter. You had defensive end, outside linebacker. It looked like at Oregon you were playing defensive end. Um, what role are you expected to have in the defense in Madison, and I, I know you have the ability to kind of play either of those positions in the 3-4. Yeah, um, I Oregon, I was playing, you know, it was probably about even outside linebacker and DN, but Wisconsin, I'll be moving down to uh, a DN, mo- mo- mostly DN. In your recruitment, you, you of course, you got to know the coach as well. What were your relationships like with, with Ross Col- Ross? Kolodzaj, I always tell him his name. <laughs> Kolodzaj. I don't know why I can't get it right. It's it's a tough one for me. I'm not good with names. And of course, Jim Leonard. What were your relationships kind of like with him? Um, you know, I think they're really good. They've always been. We've always been honest with each other. And um, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of hype to it. We we're just uh, talking about facts and you know what the defense and D line situation was looking like and. You know, they they told me about it, and you know, I respected it, and that's what drew that's what drew me there. Yeah, there's definitely an opportunity for playing time in in the coming years uh, at that defensive end position. Um, you know, we've seen kind of in looking and scouring the internet, your measurables are listed all over the place. Uh, you know, you mentioned that you've got really good length. Um, and I'm sure you've, you've kind of chuckled at times looking at how your measurables uh, change based off of the site you look at. But where are you at currently height, height and weight-wise, um, and where do you hope to become, say, fall camp? Um, as of today, I am 6'5", 268, 270. Um, and, you know, but I'm not too concerned about weight right now. Um, but, you know, my main goal is to stay lean, but if I could be a lean 275, that would be great. I think that's a good spot to be. You know, speaking of Oregon, Wisconsin, during your redshirt year in 2019, you were with that Oregon team. You kind of got a first-hand look at the Badgers in the Rose Bowl. 
What were some things that jumped out to you on film, and, and what was the message from your coaches going into that matchup with Wisconsin's offensive line, which is generally always pretty strong? Oh, man. Um, well, we had we prepared really hard for that game because we knew that, you know, Wisconsin was a very respectable, you know, culture-driven, um, fast and physical team, and um, we definitely saw that in the Rose Bowl. You know, they – they do the little things right, which is really cool to see, and their culture is really strong, and we had to prepare for that a lot. It was really cool to watch it in person. Um, on, on your own team when you were at Oregon, you had to go up against Penny Sewell probably frequently. What was it like going up against him, a guy who's projected to be a top-five pick going into this NFL draft? It was fun. I mean, it was a challenge, especially, you know, it's one way to adjust from uh, high school to college. And uh, so it was fun for that. And, you know, I think it'll, I think it's uh, helped me with that curve. And I think it'll help me in the future as well. It's cool. It's cool to say that, uh, you know, going against a guy like that. And speaking of kind of guys you go against, guys you watch film on, you know, players like to emulate or watch specific players on film. Are there any players that, that you love kind of watching and learning from as you try and grow into a better football player? Um, and, you know, I've learned a lot from my Oregon teammates, you know. Um, and then if we're looking at the professional level, I like looking at guys like Von Miller, Miles Garrett, J.J. Watt, of course, and uh, Aaron Donald. Those are some, some good ones to be watching, especially some of the, the moves that they have uh, in, inside. Um, outside of football, um, what interested you about Madison, and, and what are some things that you're interested in outside of, uh, you know, playing sports and, and being active? Uh, well, I've always known Madison had a respectable school, and uh, they have a really strong agricultural program, and, uh, you know, that's what really drew me strong. I want to be able to, um, you know, major in business with some kind of minor in the agricultural uh, department, and so I haven't decided what specifically, but uh, that was a big decision, and um, or that was a big uh, playmaker in my decision. So that, um, and I know they have a really strong program for that. So, student athlete, that's always important. Well, Isaac, we really appreciate you taking the time. I think that wraps up uh, all our questions, but we want to say welcome again to the Wisconsin football program, and uh, best of luck in the fall. Yes, thank you guys for having me, and uh, looking forward to getting out there. All right, Badger fans, that wraps up another episode of the podcast. We'll be back with you next week on Wisconsin. (laughs) 